Hello, welcome to Three Things, a sporadic podcast about movies in which I, Julian and my friend Tom each watch a film and tell each other three things we liked or didn't about it and we don't yet know what each other thought. But we do yet know what each other saw because we saw the same film because it wouldn't work if we didn't. Uh, So we both went to see First Man uh, and First Man (laughs) is uh, Damien Giselle's uh, story of... um, well, the, the moon landing, basically, uh, and the events leading up to it, focusing on the life and times of Neil Armstrong. Uh, it stars Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, kind of. I mean, everyone knows the story, right? It's, well, it's quite well sort known. Of. Everyone, story, know, everyone, yeah. everyone knows the basic plot yeah. synopsis. We went to the moon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you don't know that, then this is going to be very spoiler heavy. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all that needs saying. Yes, and I've got three facts for you. I've rustled up about this film, and mm-hmm. here they are. Um, number one, some of the voices heard in this film are the actual recordings from the space programme. For example, when Apollo 11 lands on the moon, spoiler, um, the reply from Houston is the original. It's the voice of astronaut Charlie Duke, who uh, had the job of communicating with Apollo 11. And... Uh, Neil Armstrong says, Houston Tranquility Base here, the Eagle has landed. And then Charlie Duke says, Roger Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You've got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. And that's the actual. That's the actual. Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it sounded like it. Mm. Um, and I, I was trying to remember where I know that from. And I think it might be. You remember My Star by Ian Brown? <laughs> Is it in that? I don't know. I'm not familiar <laughs> with that song. I feel, I feel like it's in something. Uh, but anyway, yes, I thought that sounded very much like the real one. Yeah. Um, cool, good fact. Okay, fact number two. You've probably seen this, but for some reason, after the premiere of this film at Venice, um, some people decided to get upset about the film not mm. featuring the planting of the American flag on the moon. Yeah, um, which led Ryan Gosling having to publicly defend the decision, claiming that it would, that he thought that it transcended countries and borders, um, mm-hmm. and he said he thought it was widely regarded in the end as a human achievement rather than a an American one. Um, mm. But uh, I agree with that. But, but, but uh, actually, the one another reason why they might not have shown it was because in real life, when they tried to plant the flag, they had an absolute nightmare with it, and the, the flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> the flagpole kept malfunctioning and they spent a very long time trying to get the flag in the ground and later they both said that it nearly turned into a public relations disaster because um, <laughs> so maybe that's why well, they left in, it out because you know in real life they didn't actually get the moon did they so. those, those two wrestling with the flags on the surface of the moon. yes <laughs> yes that would have been good I'd have enjoyed seeing that <laughs> And the third fact isn't actually about this film. It's about it's about the Apollo space program. Just because it's such a great fact, um, uh-huh. the Apollo space program cost was given as twenty five point four billion um, mm-hmm. back in nineteen sixty nine. Today that is uh, one hundred and fifty billion. How much it cost Ooh. to get a man on the moon? That's a lot, isn't it? It's ninety three billion pounds. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, well, they, no, they got two two men on the moon, right? Mm. So you well, can that, half that, that cost. That, you can half the unit <coughs> cost. Well, they got several others as well. That cost might include the entire Apollo space program that went all the way up to Apollo seventeen, I think. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that's it. That's your three facts. Good facts. Mm. 
Do you want to tell me something that you liked or didn't like about the film, or oh, should I tell you? You go first. I went first last time. You go first. Mm. Tell me, tell me, tell oh, me. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, my first thing about this film is a like. Uh, it's quite a simple one. Um, it's about the recreation of the time uh, and everything that goes on. And basically, simply put, I didn't spot any CGI in this film, uh, which is perhaps a I don't know if, I don't know if this is a good enough thing to have as a thing but I didn't at all question at any point that I was just watching what actually happened mm. um, all the casting uh, people look like they are people from the 60s which is obviously a silly thing to say but it's true uh, and everything from just the tiny bits of detail like what you can see out the window of the um, uh, of I guess the space centre um, when you've got stuff in the background going on with uh, the rockets and things that you can see um, being worked on and just all, all those kind of little bits of detail uh, I think there's one bit where, they, where they're actually boarding one of the rockets and somebody just glances to the side and you see all the, all the stuff in the background that would have been yeah. uh, being worked when, when on around, uh, yeah, when they're time. getting on the Gemini they, you can see the other rocket blasting yeah. off can't you in the distance it's like really nicely yes. done yeah um, got quick, quick dislike. It's, it's it's Gemini. You just got it right, but they all say Gemini. Gemini. The whole film. What the heck? And, and it's really it's really annoying. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they got that wrong. But I'm, I'm going to assume that that is factually correct too to how they all yeah. how they used to say it. But yeah, a recreation of, of of the era, and I like this era and and its aesthetic. Um, and Ryan Gosling in particular fits very well into it, uh, and so in that regard, I found it convincing. Um, much more convincing than the similar scenes in Venom when you can see a space rocket in the background <laughs> and all the other shit that goes with that. Anyway, I digress. Um, just thought technically very impressive. Remind me almost of something like Zodiac uh, in that regard uh, for the way it recreated. Yeah, the era. yeah. Um, that's kind of one of my likes as well. Is and it, it, my my first thing was a like, and it's just it's the whole nuts and bolts of it all, and just how it just brings brings home just what a complete. Almost ramshackle endeavour the whole thing was sending uh-huh. sending men into space in a in a tin can as as mm. David Bowie said. Um, there's a few there's a few lift off scenes where everything's creaking and cracking and bending, <laughs> and you just think, gee, this is ridiculous. What are they doing? They're like there's little thin bits of metal between them and death, and and it's all just being kept yep. alive by just some really rock solid mathematics and billions and billions mm-hmm. of dollars. <laughs> Yes, um, and and some quite a few expendable lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the the set the sets design in this in his film this film is so good as well because most mm-hmm. of it like just using that Gemin, Gemini Eight as an example, um, that the whole mission is shot from the interior of this craft, isn't it? You don't really see any external yeah. shots, and yeah. they intricately rebuilt the inside of that spaceship and. Um, so well done, and the suits as well, especially the NASA suits. It's just, ham, mm-hmm. you know, it must have cost so much money to remake all this stuff. Um, yeah. but it was worth it because it just looks so probably, authentic. Probably, probably less than it cost first time. Around. Probably. Did less. you find as you were watching it that you started to question, mm, what well, is it worth it? Mm. Is it worth them going up there? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I didn't uh, <laughs> expect myself to start thinking because I. Sort of generally think of them as obviously one of the best things that's ever happened, but uh, yeah, yeah. Part of my feel is like, well, yeah, this, yeah, this just seems like quite a lot of faff. As you, <laughs> as you know, I am a bit of a space mm. nerd. I do like all this sort of stuff. I love all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, 
it's a lot of money just to go to a dusty rock in the sc- in the space with nothing much on it. It is. <laughs> I think that I think that's the other moment that it hit me when. I was like, yeah, it's not like they were going to a cool place. It's not even like yeah. red rock. Hasn't got a ring. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not made it's, out of gold. Yeah. It's uh, no, it's dust. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, my second thing mm. uh, is also a like, um, and you have picked up on it there. Um, but it was the basically this the, the way that first person um, point of views were used to put you in the place of yes. uh, the people yes. doing the things. Mm. So there are two two ways that it does that. One is the you've got people crawling into these incredibly tiny uh, pieces of uh, tin cans, like you said, um, and they're super claustrophobic. Yeah, horribly so. Um, and so rather than going for the big, you know, wide shots of uh, of rockets blasting yeah, off exactly, and looking yeah. impressive and yeah. all that kind of stuff. You just see like a little bit of, of window that yes. they couldn't, couldn't even get a proper view out of. It just brings it down uh, to a little uh, metal door, doesn't it? That, that huge yeah. rocket, you know, Saturn V, and it's yeah. just a little door. Uh, and it, it made me think of, because uh, I was quite excited uh, by those sequences, and it made me think of that fact uh, that you have said in the past about, I think I think it's Neil Armstrong, right? The 110 beats per minute. Uh, that's Buzz, rate. yeah, that is Buzz. Ah, okay. Uh, and that's off. quite yeah. impressive at liftoff, mm-hmm. yes. Um, because, yeah, I looked at my watch the other day after I went up some stairs and I was significantly above 110. Yeah. So, just so uh, I'll just explain yeah. it in case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about. So, um, mm. Buzz Aldrin's heart rate at liftoff was, was 110 beats per minute, um, which is the lowest, I think it's the lowest of any astronaut of all time. Um, which is it's that heart rate equivalent to, like you say, you know, going up a short flight of stairs. It, it, to, to put it in perspective, um, m- most astronauts are around sort of 80 to 90% of their heart rate maximums on liftoff because it is quite a stressful occasion. But Buzz, yeah, yeah Buzz was just like, meh. Just chilling out. Um, the, it's a bit like... You know, when you get on a roller coaster and you sat there at the front waiting for it to go mm. and, and you sat there going, oh, this seems dangerous. Yes. But then your brain gets to go, but hundreds of people do this every day and it's definitely yes. fine. Um, and they've just been doing the same. I guarantee thinking, your heart rate. My mate did this last week and he died. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's just really bleak. Yeah, I guarantee you personally, if you were sat mm-hmm. on the front of a roller coaster, your heart would definitely be going faster than 110 beats per minute. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, agreed. Mm. So uh, I thought that was good. I also thought uh, there's a really, really good shot towards the end of it. Uh, when they get on the moon um, and as they open the hatch the camera sort of just flies through it so it's not quite a first person point of view mm-hmm. because uh, the person hasn't got out yet but just that moment of uh, all that claustrophobia and what have you disappearing and suddenly yes. you're in a totally alien land mm. and I like that there was no sound for that mm. uh, that they had the um, uh, I don't know the commitment? No, don't know um, just made the right decision to not have any sound. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was that was really good. And I was sad that I did not see that in a bigger. I was going to uh, ask if you saw it in IMAX. Oh, yeah, I'd go. I'd go and no. watch this again in IMAX. <clears throat> uh, so um, we saw <laughs> we saw it in by accident in Screen X in Cinema City World. Yeah. Which is this new gimmick they've got where there's screens on the sides of the walls as well. What? I know. <laughs> and supposedly some films are going to get filmed with extra stuff for there. 
but others they just sort of reformat scenes or something. Or I, I'm, I was, I was hoping to find out what it was um, or how they did it. Yeah. I was thinking it might be like you know, you know, when on the, on the news somebody sends in like a a portrait video of something and they have to use it uh, and so to make make it landscape they sort of do that zoomed in blurred yeah. version of the video yeah. in the back I thought it might be a bit like that anyway they didn't use it at all <laughs> so we got this ad at the start going you are now in Screen X oh, so and nothing then, was on the uh, screens then no because right. I would have thought so that, would, that, that would have to be signed off by the director wouldn't it or at least the... yeah I have no idea no idea mm. but um, I did wonder if because I know this didn't do as well in America as they hoped. I wondered if the same had happened here, and mm. as a result, it w- it was meant to stay in a bigger screen, but they'd they'd whacked Halloween in the super screen instead. So it was just the kind of yeah. uh, overflow, and they didn't have the stuff ready. Anyway, um, so uh, I also like that there was none of that bollocks. Um, that sounds absolutely <laughs> awful. Yeah. Uh, but um, but yes, okay. I thought that was good. Yeah, I'd agree with all that. Uh, my second like is along those lines as well and it's it is the whole moon landing sequence i did a, i did a bit of googling and i couldn't find a big mainstream film that wasn't a documentary which is dealt with or shown the moon landing and i'm i might i might be wrong about that but can you think i of can't one? think of one no which is uh... kind of donkulous really when you consider it was if one of the if not the greatest human achievement of all time and it's never really been up on the big screen like that yeah um, Hidden Figures was about this same story right but I haven't seen it don't but don't show the landing I don't think no. they show it in that no, I, think I might be wrong tell us base. tell us if we're wrong at Three Things Podcast mm. we'd like to know anyway go and watch this film in the cinema just for this sequence because it is amazing and the way yeah, it, it works with the music as well is incredible the music's by Justin Hurwitz who did uh, La La Land as well um, uh-huh. And it's such a great piece of music that they use as they as they um, as they're coming down to land, and it's sort of this yes. it's, this the theme of the film. But then there's this big clashing chord sound as it cuts to a wide shot of the moon, uh, and I would love to have seen that in IMAX. But just that yeah. those few seconds on their own, like oh my god, like proper yeah, goosebumps. I, agree. I, I, um, I did I did think that that I, I thought that music was really really good. I did think it clashed pretty strongly with the feel of the rest of the film it mm. suddenly felt like oh there's music now yeah. um, but yes I did think that sequence worked yeah worked very well so th- yeah just go and see it just for that it's uh, it's that good um, yeah and like you say the, the way that everything cuts out when they come out of the hatch and it's completely silent mm. you know the vacuum of space uh, yeah liked yeah go on what's liked. your third dislike oh uh, bit boring wasn't it <laughs> you can't say that about this, uh, I mean, I was pretty happy they went to the moon because if they hadn't, I, 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 I um, was joking there, obviously a little bit, but I did find the film pretty boring. Whenever yeah. they weren't in a rocket or on a rock, yes, um, I thought it tried to make uh, something of his backstory and give it like an emotional um, mm. payoff or, or an emotional thread that runs through it. But I thought that the the way they paid that off on the moon. One seemed a bit forced, and two, did he do that? Did he drop that little... Um, um, I was something I was going to they made that I up. I can t- tell you a little bit about that that I know. No, no one knows for sure okay. if he actually did drop it in. Um, uh-huh. But he did make an unscripted walk to a nearby crater on his own. Okay. Um, he He's never confirmed that he'd ever took anything of his daughters to the moon, and he claimed that he had lost his... his uh, 
the manifesto for his PPK, per, the personal yeah. property kit. Um, however, he when he died, his estate donated everything to per, Purdue University. Purdue. Mm. Yeah. And Purdue. the PPK manifesto is in those documents. Um, and it's right. under seal until 2020. So we'll find out what he actually took to the moon in 2020. Um, oh, that's cool. So yeah, um, but more so. Uh, so that felt a little bit forced. But hey, if it maybe happened, then fine. Um, I just I'm not really interested in the emotional stories of uh, sort of tight-lipped men who refuse to say anything about anything. I don't yeah. find that very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the film dwelled on that. And I thought there was quite a lot of other stuff that it could have focused on a bit more that might have been more interesting like digging a bit deeper into the question of whether they really should have gone or not mm. or the toll that it was taking on the various people mm. who were who were working on it um, I, all that stuff is there in part but I didn't find it particularly well fleshed out or that engaging um, yeah I kind of see where so you're coming from because um, the, the film is called First Man isn't it Which and it's based on the, the book of the same name, which was the mm-hmm. authorised autobiography of Neil Armstrong. But the problem is, is that Neil Armstrong is a completely closed off character, isn't he? That yeah. doesn't, like you say, doesn't say what he feels. Um, yeah, so it's this like kind of like what they, what have they got to work with really in terms of the yeah. emotional scale? <laughs> Not very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've got the fact that he went to the moon. Yeah. Um, and all of the stuff related to that is. Uh, is interesting, but uh, yeah, I just I, I I found myself I found my mind wandering a few times. Yeah, during this. I can see what you mean. Um, and I definitely would not sit through it again. So I would like Ooh. to see that last sequence in IMAX, mm. but I would not go and see the film again to uh, to get to it. Um, and I found as a result that kind of the whole way through, I was like, okay, well, like, I know where this is going, so that's sort of keeping me interested. Mm. I haven't thought about it again since I left the cinema. Really? Okay. And when I was when I was trying to think of things to talk about for it, I really struggled. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So it's like it kind of just sort of went through me. Went in um, one ear and out the other. Yeah, like <laughs> most information. Um, well, my third thing is. Uh, more or less the opposite of that so I kind of have to disagree with you and it's another like and this this film did get me right in the feelings um, I, as you know I am a bit of a nerd about this sort of stuff do you like all this mm-hmm. so there's lots of, I love all the little facts and little bits of trivia about the Apollo missions and this is chock a block with them um, I mean you can kind of argue that this film isn't really about all the NASA stuff is it it's a film about grief and loss and yeah. and how he dealt with that not very well um, but I, I did find it did stick with me for quite a long time after I watched the film um, like, even when I was driving home I was driving home in my car I felt a bit like I was flying a spaceship like a little big kid <laughs> um, and when I got in it was dark everyone was in bed but I went in and checked on my daughter when I got home because I, I just found the whole yeah. storyline with his daughter devastating like, I was like it yeah. was really early on in the film this, I was like oh, I was you know, crying and thinking Fucking hell! <laughs> there is a. I mean, there's We're a very good shot. Ten minutes into the film. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a, a a very good shot where you where they just establish um, so much about what would have happened in the backstory in the, in one moment. So good. Where it just yeah. it's a wide shot of their bedroom and there's the empty, empty bed, bed. But just before that, that it's, it's cut to this. Obviously moved in there. It's yeah. It's cut to him feeling his daughter's hair in a memory, and then 
it cuts to the noise of the coffin being lowered into the ground. It was like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's very well done as well, isn't it? Gut punch. Yeah. But my my daughter Jennifer is um, of similar age, and she looked kind mm-hmm. of similar as well. So that really um, affected me quite quite a lot. That whole bit, um, and just the shots of her, you know, being sick and having that big radiation gun thing being yeah. pointed at her and oh yeah you, as a parent you can't you can't think of anything worse so yeah it got me got me bad that yes. but yes I really sort of connected with this film and I did think about it for you know, days afterwards and I, I, yeah, I, I, I do I, understand I, where you're coming from like he is a, an emotionally closed off man and this film is all about him so um, I thought I, I, this is going to sound like I'm mocking you, but I'm not really. I, I, as I came out of it, I thought I didn't really like that, but I think Julian is going to have loved it, yeah. uh, or, or, or liked it at, at least a, a good amount. Yeah. Um, partially because you love space, partially because you uh, are a father and are very close to your daughter, yeah. um, <coughs> and partially because you're an emotionally closed off man. Where... Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whereas I need kind of shouting in the streets and histrionics and all that kind of stuff to um, uh, to get me more emotionally engaged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, if you um, like not talking about your feelings and are dry and scientific, then this film is recommended. <laughs> I have just talked quite a lot about my feelings yeah, and my defence. <laughs> Uh, I am I am painting a caricature of you or have you Uh, but yes um, it didn't surprise me that you'd like it okay cool so that's five that's a good number I think is probably gonna well at least be up for some Oscars isn't it yeah you would have thought yeah I'm not sure what Um, what it will get but it'll be up for I'll be standing in the back booing if it gets any Uh, have you got any other biz Business. Uh, no, not really. Not very much else to say about it at all. I'd like to bring up. Yeah, well, I'd like to bring up Buzz Buzz Aldrin getting a quite a raw deal out of this film. He comes across as a he complete dickhead. Like, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wondered about that. Um, yeah. Is it true? Um, well, to a certain extent, yes. I mean, I'm sure all of most of those men were were, were dickheads to a certain extent because they uh-huh. kind of had to be to do what they were doing. Um, yeah. But he's, you know, he's, you know, he's got that emotional shot of Neil Armstrong on the moon throwing his daughter's bracelet, and then in in the background you got Buzz, boing, 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 <laughs> boing, making him like an idiot. Um, yeah, the, the actor who plays him is very good. I I do like him. Uh, yeah, his name. He is. Um, I forgot his name too, but yeah, he's good. Uh, yeah, but you know, Buzz may not have been the first man to walk on the moon, but he was the first person to piss on it. So you got that, you know, that's a good little. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is great. Well done, him. Yeah, um, Brit, and we, I was, I was going to talk about heart rates because we talked, we've just talked about that earlier. But um, interestingly, Neil Armstrong's heart rate when he did that bit when he took control at the end and he was, you know, that's all real. That all actually happened. His heart yeah. rate touched two hundred and twenty beats per minute at that point, which is the, what? the highest reading they'd ever had for him. Um, ah. When that includes all the physical exertion back on Earth that they yeah. did before they left, I mean, he never got anywhere near that. But yeah, two twenty for, for a few seconds while he was doing that, um, off the charts. But uh, such an incredible. What's the rule of th- What's the rule of thumb for? Well, they tend for, to say uh, two twenty minus your age is your maximum. But minus pe- your age, yeah. yeah. People do, you know. Defer, but that's a very high heart rate for um for anyone. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, um, you know, just to, what he did in those few seconds. Uh, I've, well, I've yeah. I, I went into YouTube quite deep when I got back from this, mm-hmm. um, and the whole the whole thing is on YouTube with them leaving 
um, leaving Collins on that other spaceship, I forgot the name of them, on their way back down to the, to the moon. Yeah. That whole 15 minutes, whatever it is, is the whole thing oh, is wow. on YouTube and it's, it's uh, riveting. And um, yeah, just all the little calculations that they're both doing, uh, you know, on bits of paper basically as they're going down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all these alarms going off, like these 1202 alarms. They don't, they've never had that alarm once in the entire. Um, preparations <laughs> and it went off as they're trying to land and then they were in the end they were 20 seconds away from um, bingo time they called it which was the button yeah. that they pressed that just basically got them back into orbit and but yeah that's how close they were but yeah incredible um, wow. yes that's it well done well done everyone well done those moon chaps <laughs> yes um yeah, so we'll leave it there. What um, what are we going to watch next? I mean, we really still need to keep need to see Mandy, don't we? We do, but we keep saying it. But it's Halloween. We need to watch Halloween. Mm. Yeah. Yes, perhaps. Um, yeah, maybe that. Maybe that. Yeah. Maybe Halloween. Well, I think we should be. I would like to see it. Do a Halloween episode at least. Anyway, I think we'll probably do that next. Yes. Yeah. We'll do a post Halloween episode. Yeah, it would be after Halloween, but it would be <laughs> Halloween themed. <laughs> we'll dress up. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, then let's do that. Okay. Um, shout out to our one listener in Thailand who listens listens every week. Hello to you. Ooh, Don't that's know who you nice. Are. Say hello. No. Um, and yeah. Um, thanks very much for listening. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. We are at Three Things Podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time. Now, are you a Russia or are you a dragon? Or are you going to be on my fucking time? I'll be on.